Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Boots and Backstraps podcast. Brought to you by Homes by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. Come on now. Honey's on looking for backstraps way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps. Hey everybody, this is a show where we talk all things hunting and country music. From the classics through today. From big bucks to bull elk. We've got it all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our very first live episode of Boots and Backstraps. Come on now. Come on now. TK, how are we doing, sir? I'm doing great, Shane. Good to be here. This is, uh, this is, uh, this is the scene of the crime. It is the scene of the crime. <laughs> Many crimes, as it were. Many crimes. Oh, my goodness. I'm really, really excited. Uh, I'm more excited about this one, I think, than any of our previous podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, we're live at the Hog's Breath in uh, Little Canada, Minnesota, um, home of the original Tomcat Rowdy Cowboy Show. And then for years thereafter, the Rowdy Cowboy Show with Shane and Kid. So he pointed, so here. now you have to say he's here. Yeah, Kid George is because people are going to be like, why didn't he just point off camera? Yeah, because KG's here. KG is playing production assistant today. We are here with one of my oldest and dearest friends, a gentleman that I've been hunting. Well, now, when you say uh, oldest, do you mean like as long as you've known him, or he's just that old? Well, just as long as I've known him. Okay, because you know some old people in general. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Listen, you prick. You I'm going to get whacked before we even start. <laughs> Tommy Duray, the owner of the Hogs Breath, owner since 1977. You are right. Uh, good to have you here, Ray. Hey, it's uh, good to be here, and uh, I want to thank uh, the Boots and Backstraps podcast production of... Uh, Coming here to the Hogs Breath, it's, yeah. uh, it's going to be a great adventure. Yeah, and uh, thank you, Shane, You're uh, welcome. for having the podcast here. And uh, always the world famous Tomcat. <laughs> <laughs> he is he is a legend here at the Hogs Breath. And also <laughs> thank the staff uh, for setting up here. They did a wonderful job. And uh, yeah, it's it's nice to have uh, you guys here. And uh, Tommy, you could have a future in this stuff. You could. You know, he started out calling bingo. Yes, that is my forte. <laughs> we're gonna, we're actually gonna get into Hogsworth bingo at some point in this conversation today. So cool. I, I was we just have so much to talk about today. Uh, uh, you know, Tommy Duray and country music are synonymous. Yep. I mean, the Hogsworth. Yep. And country music. Uh, I would even say that the Hogsworth was very instrumental in the success of the We Fest. Right, because when we started the Wee Fest in '83, and in '84 and '85, huge amounts of uh, people came from the Hogs Breath to the Wee Fest, and I think they educated everyone else there on how to party correctly and <laughs> really uh, let their hair down and how to do the dances. All the oh yeah, pre-choreographed dances. So much fun, so much history. I was going to piggyback on what what uh, TD over here said, Tom Gray. 
about uh, you being legendary in these parts. You know that you're legendary in a club when you walk in and for like the last 40 years, your pictures are still on the wall. <laughs> and there's a whole like mantra collage over here of you, Weefest pictures, stuff like that. I'll tell you when I thought that maybe I might be a little famous around here mm -hmm. is when I, they were doing some work on the men's room. So I had to go into the ladies' room, and I <laughs> had to just. Well, I was the only. One I think you really wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw writing on one of the stalls. It said, "Tomcat is gay." <laughs> so I thought, "All right, I finally yeah. made it." You know what? I, I think it might still be there. <laughs> yeah, we well, want to take that. We talked about that for a while, and then people. Res I know this is a really stupid story, but people responded to that. And it wound up at the top, you know, time passed. And all people made their remarks all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> so you had, no, that was like, that was pre-social media thread. You yes. had a thread, a comment thread. Oh, man. You know, we're going to have, uh, things like that are going to pop into our head all day today. Yeah. Uh, Tom and I have such a long, long history. Um, Tom came from a small town in northwestern Minnesota called New Folden. There's probably not a lot of people. Uh, That's a real place? Yeah. That is a real place. Uh, New Folden. 50 miles from the Canadian border and 50 miles from the North Dakota border. Yep. We uh, lived out on a farm that was uh, 11 miles to the closest town. Oh, wow. They were north uh, northwest of Thief River Falls, and he and I... Walked uphill to school both ways. Oh, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a long story there. I tell you. <laughs> Tommy is... Uh, done really really well from coming from that little small town but they own a pretty big farm up there his brother and his nephew still farm the land up there but I think it was 1979 yeah it was 19 when we first went up there and we were talking Tom and I kind of got to know each other and uh, you know deer hunting season was coming along and Tom says well you know I got a big farm up in, uh, thief, uh, north of Thief River I said, really? And so we talked about it. It turns out he's got hundreds of acres up there of what turned out to be some of the best deer hunting in the state. Um, we have just over, I mean, how many years has that been now that we've been hunting up there? Since 79, so it's been like 43 years, something like that. Right, and we go up there every year. Every year. It's, it's like shoot a big deer. And... Uh, We've got a lot of pictures, and uh, it's it's like an every year event that we just wait for each year to come up. Danny, do you have a picture of that uh, Whitetail magazine with uh, what we call the Iron Buck? The Iron Buck. Uh, I think that got featured in Dave Miller's episode. Yeah, we showed okay. that. So well, we yeah. can take the magazine and just stand it up, Tom. Stand it. People up can right see there. that. There you go. We'll get a picture That's of it. one of the bucks that we got many years ago, but... Cool you can't find good help these days. <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing is uh, we've had... I shot a beautiful 10-point last year with my bow. And, I mean, bow hunting and rifle Up hunting. on his land? Yeah. Okay. Muzzleloader hunting. It's just, a, it's just a treat for us to go up there. We stay at a friend of ours. Tom Blajeski has a big horse ranch. So we don't rough it by any means. And... Uh, Back in the day when we were all young and single, we made our mark on that town of Thief River Falls and New Falls. I think they still talk about Hanky Panky, Hank Jr. <laughs> oh, I'll, let, I'll let someone else tell that whole story. Yeah, that is quite a story. 
but a little bit uh, about myself and how I got here uh, back in uh, the late 70s. Uh, my wife and I own the Hogs Breath now, uh, but years ago, uh, like Tomcat said, I grew up on a farm in northwestern Minnesota, and it was uh, a dairy farm. Oh, it was, and, of uh, course, yeah. It, it's, this is a pretty long story, but I'll try and make it as short as possible. You got all the time you need, I, brother. I think we only have an hour show, right? Two. <laughs> it's two hours, yeah. Two hours, huh? Well, well, we've got two hours of... So we'll probably get through a tenth of your stories then, guys. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I grew up on a, a dairy farm where uh, we had 20 milking cows. And uh, these cows were all had to be milked by hand. So it was uh, quite a job. And uh, I started doing that ever since I was probably about five years old and uh, it may sound like uh, a story but it is the gospel truth that uh, I'd have to go out help my dad milk the cows every morning and then I'd have to get ready for school and then I'd have to walk a mile to catch the school bus and uh, just to get to the bus just to get to the bus and uh, then, of course, go to school and then come home. I'd have to walk a mile back to the farm, and then I'd have to uh, go out and do the chores again and uh, milk another 20 cows by hand. Because you got to milk them multiple times a day, right? Right, twice, twice a day. day. Yeah. How many siblings do you, do you have? Uh, just one uh, Almost brother. Almost said did you have, but how many do you have? <laughs> one brother that was a little bit older than I was. Okay, so it's just the three of you and your dad and your brother right. out there. So it kept us pretty busy. Yeah, we, it sounds we like had, it. We had every type of farm animal you could think of, chickens, cows, pigs, horses, you name it, we had it. So as I got older, uh, ended up graduating high school there in New Folden, and there was- How many were in your graduating class? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna bring that up, but yes. there was like 36 people. Wow, in our 36. Graduating class. And more people in your bar right now. <laughs> I had basically two choices. I could either stay a farmer or head to the big twin cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul. And uh, I did not want to be a farmer, so I took off for uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and uh, I've been here ever since. And that was back in uh, about 1972. Okay. So when you first came to the cities, what were you doing when you got here? I mean, you're fresh out of high school, right? Right, right. I just picked up uh, just picked up a lot of odd jobs here and there. there you and go. Uh, basically just enough to be able to get by and uh, enough to pay the rent. Right. And uh, then I'll kind of piggyback in into uh, the story of how he came across this place. Yeah, let's do that. Um, and that's another long story, but like you say, we got two hours, right? Yeah, so that, I was just going to say, I want to make sure we go to that, and then we'll just roll right out of that into how you met this knucklehead and how how that bond and relationship started. Because we skipped ahead to you guys killing stuff together, but we got to go back further than that. So Yeah, that was a lucky day for you, Tom. <laughs> yes. So you're working odd jobs I in the Twin City area. I feel gifted every day. <laughs> Still till today. But, <laughs> yes, I just work in odd jobs uh, here and there, and I think I was, I was 
just 18 years old, maybe 19, and at that time uh, in Minnesota you could get into the bars and nightclubs when you were 18. Yep. And uh, I was over in Minneapolis down at a place on Lindale called uh, CC Tap. I remember and, it well. And uh, I was shooting some pool in the back room. They had the pool tables in the back room. And I was a pretty good pool shooter back in the day uh, just because I had a lot of time back then. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was shooting these four guys for some money. Uh-oh. And, uh, yeah, ended up taking some TD was a hustler. <laughs> ended up taking some money from them, and uh, they didn't uh, like it too much. So uh, they were going to take me outside and kind of do a number on me. Work you over a little bit. And this uh, big guy showed up and uh, he said, all right, now it's going to be four on two instead of four on one. And anyway, these these guys backed down and uh, the the person was Big Steve and that's that's how I met him. And uh, <laughs> He just jumped right in there and yeah. said, I'm going to help this guy out here for some for some reason he took a liking to me and he didn't think the odds were fair enough so uh and uh ever since then we became friends and started to hang out together he's an awesome guy and uh aka uh big steve or the hank williams jr Mm lookalike can't forget that we call him sleepy steve now (laughs) yeah Uh, i wish we had a picture to show there's Behind me, there's some. I don't know if uh, George, are you able to take a camera over there and uh, get some pictures of Big Steve off of those two murals? Over Your there? lovely wife is doing it as we speak. Oh, cool. Grab one of me and you off of that wall, too, honey. <laughs> so that's the history of uh, Tommy Dre and Big Steve. Boy. You're right. That's how I got down to the city here. That's how we met. And then from there, we just started going to a lot of bars, a lot of nightclubs, and it was a different scene back in uh, the late 70s and and, uh, all through the 80s where uh, people went out a lot all the time, dancing, nightclubs, uh, and uh, a lot more drinking than there is right now. We used to be able to have more than an eyedropper alcohol without going to jail. So we, we carried on, and we met up with a couple of other friends. Uh, one of them was a good friend of mine from uh, uh, northwestern Minnesota, and uh, his name was uh, Dave Chikowski, uh, Polish name. A lot of Polacks up in that country, Scandinavians and Polacks. And uh, then we ran into a friend of his, uh, Jerry Agar, who uh, actually uh, did some managing and some owning of some nightclubs uh, downtown in Minneapolis so we had a little experience and uh, we thought we spent so much time partying and having fun in bars and nightclubs that we should try and own one ourselves and uh, basically none of us had any experience uh, but we did know how to party <laughs> That's and, half uh, the battle in this right. business. Uh, it definitely was back then. You've heard it the old cliche, well, I know how to drink. I can own a bar. <laughs> or I know how to eat. I can own a restaurant. Right, right. <laughs> but, There's a little more to it, I would assume you know now. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I haven't been able to shoot a game of pool uh, for the last 40 years <laughs> just because I've been that busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, 
So we hooked up, all four of us, and actually we lived in a house over in Minneapolis off of 28th and Fremont for uh, a couple of years together, and uh, we decided we wanted to purchase a bar or a nightclub or whatever we could get into, but as we went around and, and uh, talked to the owners where these bars were for sale, you know, I was about 19 years old at the time, and the other guys were probably 20, 25, and, uh, you know, they would look at us, and they would kind of laugh, and, uh, you know, we didn't have any money, and <laughs> so uh, we didn't have a chance on, on getting into the, any of these places that we had looked at. So we had looked around for actually about two years, maybe, uh, you know, couple three dozen of different spots but uh, nobody wanted to give us a chance and then one day we came across this place and it actually was closed for oh about six months so the owners were really uh, excited about selling and uh, you know we didn't really have any any money at the time and it came across one of those deals that you come across once in a lifetime yeah so uh, we bought the, the business, which there was no business here, so you know that didn't cost too much. But what was it when you bought the building? Was it already a bar restaurant? It, it was a bar, uh, but it was mainly a restaurant. It was called the Cabaret. Okay. Uh, and before that, it was called the Canadian. Right. Oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, it was one of those deals once in a lifetime you came across. So uh, we bought it on a contract for deed. And uh, they only wanted ten thousand dollars down. Wow! And we paid, I think it was around three hundred and fifty thousand for the building and the land and and everything. And the land's a big part of that deal. And, but they only wanted ten thousand down. So we were each going to come up with twenty five hundred dollars <laughs> and put it together and get the down payment and and get going. How many games of pool did you have to hustle to raise that, Tom? Well, I did have to sell my car. Oh, uh, wow. $2,500 back then in uh, the mid to late 70s was a lot of money. Yeah. So we were all going to put in $2,500 and, and purchase the bar and then just get going, open it up, and away we were going to go. Well, one of the guys couldn't come up with his 2500 And so then it ended up only being three of us. So we had to find some more money, each of us. And we were luckily able to come up with it. Uh, wrote him a check. Here's, uh, a, here's wrote, the good part. Yeah, wrote him <laughs> a check for the down payment. And we got in here and started operating, but some things came up, and anyway, the check bounced. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, we had already been in here for a couple of weeks, and we had made enough money to cover the check. So... Uh, they let us slide on that, and, and we just got in here, started operating, and luckily, right at that time, uh, a few months after, uh, disco became very popular, right when the movie Saturday Night Fever came out. Sure, John Travolta. And we were able to, by uh, some people that we met in here that uh, Steve had been drinking with, uh, they uh, gave us a lease. To lease the equipment, so we. Were I got a picture of Steve. If you want to look at the screen. Yeah, let's sure. let's shoot a picture. Oh yeah, Steve. there we go. Oh yeah, right alongside of Hank Jr. And Steve. He which was, is which? Steve's right. on the left. And Steve uh, actually became the Upper Midwest Hank Williams Jr. lookalike. <laughs> 
He entered a lot of contests. He won a lot of contests. And he had a car look just like Hank's car, didn't right. he? Yeah, he had an old Bentley, and I thought he became the national Hank Jr. lookalike. Right, up in this national area up yeah. here. Uh, but he, for a while there, for a couple of years, he actually thought he was Hank Williams Jr. Oh, man, I mean, there's some stories there. Well, let's, yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, <laughs> So you guys have the bar, you're up and rolling. And, uh, right, uh, disco just becomes very popular. And uh, that's right when uh, the movie Saturday Night Fever came out. Yep. And uh, we were able to uh, get a sound system uh, put in uh, with all the disco bulbs and disco lights and uh, the sound system which is still in here today still operating and we just became instantly busy from uh, the late 70s from the time we opened up all through the 80s and into the mid 90s we had lines around the door and uh, we were the only discotheque in this whole area so no competition people just flocked here on a nightly basis and yeah they did was uh, tk in here with his chest hair hanging out oh yeah <laughs> well, that's, that's uh i think that table right up there is where we met and and started talking yeah. about different things and, and well, i can uh, tell that story yeah well, go ahead i would you be know, really curious at, to hear that at that point in time you know charlie sinkler who's a lot of people know around the twin cities he owned a company called Entertech, Entertainment Technology. Yeah. And back at that time, it was called Freedom Electronics. Well, he installed sound and light mm-hmm. into all of these dance clubs, and he designed dance clubs all over the United States. Um, he was the big guy in that business. I mean, sound, lights, concept. Uh, and I worked with him quite a bit on conceptual design, uh, giving the concept to different clubs like Buckos in South Dakota. Peterbilt truck. And anyway, one day Charlie says, you got to come with me over to the Hogsbreath and meet these two guys. I don't know, you might have said these two jokers. <laughs> yeah, and that sounds says, like I think him. you like them, so... So, hold on one second, Tom. Uh, Tom, Tom, it was you and Steven. Who was the third guy? Uh, Dave Chikowski. Uh, the yeah, Polish. Yeah, right, he was still here. And oh, he didn't okay. last too long. No. Because you didn't I'll say which one didn't make the, the money. Oh, yeah. The one that didn't make the money was uh, Jerry Agar. He's probably kicking himself now. <laughs> but you go ahead with your so story we there, and then I'll follow Charlie up. And uh, we come over here, and I meet Tommy. And I had been, at that point in time, helping them design clubs and training disc jockeys literally from coast to coast. I was say, this must be when you got back from being out west. No. You're running Colorado and all that? Uh, that was a little bit after. Okay. But I was uh, actually uh, at that point in time. So we all went out drinking. I remember the club we went to downtown. We just went to a bunch of clubs and we're drinking tequila. <laughs> so Tom, Big Steve, and myself, and Charlie, we all bonded that night. I mean, we just had a ball just going from club to club. And, uh, and shortly thereafter, I left for Florida to play baseball. I was in the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, training camp. It was a winter ball, and it was in uh, Bradenton, Florida. And then from there, I went to Aruba because Charlie had a club down there that needed uh, an uh, entertainment director. Sure. So I went to Aruba, and I was living the life down there. I mean, my God, that's one of the coolest places in the world. Well, I got 
I got <laughs> Check out got Tom living the life, yeah. Yeah, I was living the life back then. Look at you and the Judds. I don't know if I can tell that story. Maybe I can Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Save it. Not yet. <laughs> so anyway, I was in Aruba living the life, and uh, lieutenant governor of the island's up for re-election, unemployment on the island. I got booted. So I'm back here in Minnesota, no baseball contract, no big job, and I had worked a lot of clubs as a disc jockey. So I thought I'm going to come up to the Hogsbeth because my mother wasn't living too far from here, mm -hmm. and I was staying with her. And I come up, and Tommy was here, and, and I was watching all that was going on, and, you know, in my head I'm thinking, God, they could do this better, this better, and we could do that. <laughs> You're analyzing. Yeah, analyzing. And, Every uh, time we go somewhere, Tom, I can see your brain doing <laughs> that. He's always analyzing. Well, well you know, just... owning restaurants and being <laughs> in this business, you go into a public place, and that's what you do. You, Whether you like it or not, you're analyzing the place. When we go to lunch, TD, he will do that at, like, these yeah. tiny little diners. He'll be like, well, if they did this or had this set up like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, he and I got to talking, and uh, I, he asked me, he said, well, what are you doing? I said, you know, I just came back from Aruba, and uh, I got nothing going on. I said, you need a disc jockey? I could spin records one or two nights a week. And he said, yeah, we do. And so that, in short order, became every night of the week. That was your interview right there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you well, already <laughs> hit it off. And I had been working at Pudge's and Eddie Webster's and uh, the Oz and all these different clubs. That we so you knew who he had. was? Right, right. Okay. And, had some familiarity. Uh, so... Man, I got to work in here, and, you know, the crowd was really a great, great crowd. Like, if you were a comedian, this was the kind of crowd. They were really responsive, and, you know, I was used to working some really high-end, upper-class clubs, but, man, I felt like I fit right in here. Not that the hog's breath is low-class by any means, um, but it's just that kind of blue-collar. Yeah. It, back then, it was like, it was really the place to go, and it was so hip, and... I just, I mean, every night, the night went by in an hour. You know, I mean, we're working and the place is packed. And, I, and, I, and I'll just take it one step further. We did a, I started a show. I said, Tommy, I think we could do a rock and roll night. You know, most every night was dance music, disco music. I said, I think, you know, I'd mix in some rock and roll. Everyone went wild. And that was back in the day of ACDC and Van Halen and Bob Seger. All those classic, great rock and roll songs. Yeah. So we started a rock and roll night, and you could not get in the door. There was a line, like Tommy said, out the door, around the corner, every Tuesday night. Well, every Tuesday night, I would mix in some Charlie Daniels, some Leonard Skinnerd, uh, Marshall Tucker, and just some high-energy country, right? Yeah. And the crowd would go crazy. They'd be out there dancing and jumping around. And just It was nuts. So then I said, Tom, I think we can do a country night. And I said, he said, well, what night? I think, I think we can pull it off on a Monday because, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday covered themselves. So, you know, Disco Mondays stuff. typically dead and Tuesdays were typically dead. But like, well, now we got Tuesdays just going crazy. Yeah. And uh, so the first Monday night we did it. We had a pretty good crowd. Well, I was going to say, even now, in today's day, yeah. Mondays are tough for everybody. Right, right. Oh, yeah, and that's what, that's what, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, how are we going to try and pull this off on a Monday night? Yeah. You probably thought he was crazy when he yeah. said it. <laughs> the first uh, Monday night we did it, we had a fun crowd. It wasn't big by any means. Guys were throwing their hats on the floor and doing a Mexican hat dance on them, and they were just getting out there. And I'm like, 
Well, the second Monday, you couldn't get in the door. And so now that carried on for literally over 30 years. Wow. So we had what all clubs hope for and never get. We had a packed Tuesday night, and we had a packed Monday night. Yeah. And then all the rest of those, Tom was in the Hogsworth was doing great numbers every night of the week. Yeah. And I don't even know, Sunday was probably even fairly well. I don't recall, but... Um, so that's uh, kind of how I got involved with the Hogs Breath. And then uh, who would have known that in 1979, I would have wound up being here till just a few years ago. Yeah. Or well, over 35 years. Despite trying to leave a couple yeah, you, times. You did, <laughs> yeah. you did retire a handful of times, but you always came back again. And while I was here, you know, I even opened my own club in River Falls, but I still came back on Mondays to do it. And I moved to Aspen, Colorado for a year and did a show out there. Got a few celebrities kicked out of bars out yeah, there. Did. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Watertown, South Dakota, and a couple other places uh, just doing new clubs. But I always wound up back here because this, this, was, this became my home. Yeah. yeah this was, uh, forgive me, I know that was kind of long-winded, but... That was kind of the story. Well, country western music got very popular yeah. for, for a few years there where we Urban, were... Urban Cowboy. Right, when that when that movie came out. Or John Travolta. Again, yeah. John Travolta. <laughs> what a trendsetter. He, yes, he was too because every club in the Twin Cities wanted to do a country western night. Yeah. yeah. And we actually were doing, I think, at one point five country western nights a week wow here at the hogs breath you know everybody was dressed up in their cowboy boots and and cowboy hats and is, it, is everybody wearing cowboy boots td <laughs> everybody i know i am I, I, I am too you should see td's uh boots they're hot yeah <laughs> they are hot and uh, slip on the table there, slip on cowboy boots i remember when you used to be flexible enough to get that foot up there well, I remember when we used to go out back in those days, too. I used to actually wear spurs yeah. on these cowboy boots. <laughs> you could, I mean, it was we were that into country western music. Look at those things. Hot. Woo-hoo! Right. Those are those very are nice right boots. Works, Tommy. Put them back up there. there what you size go. are you? Wow. I think these are 12s. Huh? Too bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we had an uproarious... Uh, you could wear spurs into a club now. You'd get stopped at the door. Yeah. yeah. Take yeah. those off. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we could get a, away with a lot more back then <laughs> in those days. But <laughs> yeah. For everyone else's safety, you're going to have to remove them spurs. I'm not going to lie. I've never been attracted to shoes so much on a man. <laughs> right? Looking good, TD. <laughs> and just so everyone knows who's listening or watching, uh, we're just using uh, initials, right? TD... Oh, yeah. Uh, TK. I, I, yeah, let's, let's, maybe I just spend two seconds on that. Just two seconds. Right, so I've always had this uh, crazy thing of always just giving people weird nicknames. So TK, obviously, since you and I have been friends forever, and TD, since I, the first time I started working for you back in the day. Um, KG, Danny G, DJ Danny G. It literally took me years to figure out who uh, uh, KG was. KG, yeah. How George? stupid is that? Her yeah. brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was you like, who is that? You don't always get an easy initial deal, though. Sometimes they're no. a lot more complicated yeah. nicknames, depending on what's appropriate for that person. Because there are some that have nicknames that we can't say on this podcast. Correct. Yeah, PG-13. PG-13, yeah. Keep it somewhat clean. 
So he's, you guys have this great run of country music going in here, five nights a week. People are packing in. It's the heyday of country music nationally, right? Well, that's another topic I was going to bring up. You know, we were so successful on a Monday and uh, Tuesday night. Club owners, club owners from all over the, they would walk up and introduce themselves. Hi, my name is so-and-so from Phoenix or wherever they were from. They wanted to know how in the world we could be packing a club like this. You guys were on uh, TV, right? Yeah. An Entertainment uh, Tonight special? It was so yes, popular yes. that Tom and I were up at the upper bar one day, and the phone rings, and I said, Tom Cat, it's for you. And This is so-and-so from Entertainment Tonight with the Chicago division. And I'm like looking at the phone. I'm like, all right, who is this? She says, no, this is Mary, it was Mary something. And uh, You still remember that? I think it's Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. I, you know what, and I feel so bad. I have pictures of that person and the entertainment tonight being here, and I left them at home. So maybe on another broadcast we'll put those pictures up. Maybe we'll jump back into that topic. But entertainment tonight came here, and so all that Monday night I told the crowd, I said, entertainment tonight's going to be here next week. And they're all like, yeah, right, right. You know, I mean, it was a big deal, but yeah. entertainment tonight. I said, I know a lot of you don't believe me, but I encourage you to show up or get here early next week. We never had to encourage anybody to get here early because they would always get here at like 6 or 7 o'clock. And so lo and behold, the big entertainment semis were out in the parking lot, and they had all their cameras and lighting in here, and they were doing interviews with everybody. And, uh, yeah, and I still have a... I should probably get that. I still have it on a, a VHS. I bet you do. I better get that yeah. transferred over to a... Can you tell our listening audience what a VHS is? Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a lot of old WeFest and that. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff on VHS. I've got it all wrapped up real nice, but I probably should get that transferred before they all deteriorate if they haven't already. Well, because they can do that. They just put it on a DVD. And right, I don't know. Then we can use it, actually, in the program. Right. Because I think you referenced it at one other episode. Yeah, we'll get that done. So So they come here, and there's so, their, their yeah. uh, vans out front? Yeah, and they interviewed me. They interviewed everybody. And it was packed, it, obviously. And one of the one yeah. of the topics they were going after is country music and drinking. <laughs> yeah. They, they came to the right spot. <laughs> Feels like a trap. <laughs> Yeah. Feels like a trap, right? It is a yeah. trap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, whatever their topic was, it just really didn't matter. The Hog's Breath and the Rowdy Cowboy Show was featured on a, on a segment of Entertainment Tonight with Mary Hart. That was a big deal. It, was it really was. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. I still remember that, and I think one of the most famous uh, songs that you played up here, and Tomcat... He almost had like a, a following, a cult following of customers that would come in. Of women. Every. <laughs> just kidding. Every. Oh, oh you're half kidding. Yeah. Every, every Monday night, you know, just to be here and hang out. And they wanted to be here on, on Monday night. And uh, he could get them to do just about anything he wanted the whole crowd to do. I remember one time, and I think it was the song by John Anderson. Swinging. Swinging. Where everybody was laying, the dance floor was packed, and everybody laid down on their backs and kicked their feet up in the air. <laughs> it, it was a, it was one of those sights that you'll never forget. I we, we had Matt Mattoon from the WeFest on one of the episodes, and there were some pictures 
um, of them at WeFest doing that swing and dance. We and he, finally he referenced how the Hog's Breath was the originator of all these dances, all the, the John Anderson, all the ones that we did for Bocephus, yep. like all that stuff. We finally referred to that group of people, and there's you know, over 30 of them. Uh, they came up to the WeFest in 84, and we had John Anderson there, and they're all out there doing the swinging routine, <laughs> and they had Hog's Breath, Moron, Tabernacle Choir. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just one of those things that we threw out there, and they adopted it, and so that was the Moron Tabernacle Choir, and they were all there in the front row of the WeFest doing the swing. John Anderson, we had him uh, at the WeFest uh, 10 times. Maybe 11, but every time he loved coming to the WeFest because after that, everyone would just come up on stage and do the swinging routine with him wow. live. And, oh, that was just crazy, crazy fun. And he loved that. He loved that a lot. I mean, we'd have the whole crowd, you know, 50, 60,000 people doing swinging, <laughs> which started right here. Yeah, a lot of things started right here. Yeah, we were kind of a trendsetter. Yeah, we were. But so how did it sound funny, but where did the like rowdy cowboy thing come from? Because obviously we know now that the, the like most modern version, the one that KG and I ran and now Danny G and, and KG run um, is kind of COVID screwed things up. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, pseudo. It's on, it's on hiatus. Yeah. But anyway, so there's this mantra now of the rowdy cowboy show and everyone just calls it the RCS family. It's such a close knit, tight group of people that. There, there's a special Facebook group for RCS fans that's got thousands of people on it. They're always looking to see when events are coming and stuff like that. So how do you get to where we are now? And then looking at you guys who started this whole thing what, 50 years ago, 70? My math isn't good when I'm drinking. So <laughs> It's a good thing that the camera only comes this far because he's, he's going to have sore shins by the time. Well, I only got one, so aim, aim well. <laughs> Excuse me, i got to adjust my chair. I got, I got a quick question. When was Entertainment Tonight here? Do you remember what year? year it was? 89 or 90? Yeah, somewhere in there. 89 or 90. Okay. So where did the like rowdy cowboy name element come in to the whole thing? Cause what did you call it to start with? Just Country Night at Hogsbath? Well, it was call, called the rowdy, uh, Tomcat's Rowdy Cowboy Show. Right away. Right away. Right away. Okay, yeah. perfect. Right that, I just thought, that sounds like a fun name. Yes, it is. <laughs> Historic, as it turns out. And, you know, speaking of the Rowdy Cowboy Show, which we do talk about a lot because, obviously, of our involvement, we're planning on doing, ladies and gentlemen, as soon as this COVID, all the COVID restrictions are gone, we're planning on doing a Rowdy Cowboy Show reunion here at the Hog's Breath. I was just going to say, we got to get his commitment. We have him live right now. You're live. This is not being recorded to be edited later. And we're You're on the Internet live. Saturday night. Will you commit to us doing a reunion show here? Oh, definitely. We need to do a reunion uh, show for sure. Uh, I'm not sure when, though. Right. Like you say, the, the COVID protocols kind of dictate what's going on. Right. You know, right. maybe sometime this fall. Right now, uh, we're only at 75% capacity, and uh, all the tables have to be six feet apart, mm -hmm. and uh, right now, we have to close at 11 p.m., so it's, yeah. we're kind of really when we do When we get it done, limited get right now. To it, I think you might have had a good idea. I think it was actually Danny's idea. I don't want to steal the, her thunder. Uh, put in a tent outside. In the parking lot. And then maybe we can do the Danny G. Rowdy Cowboy Show. 
music out in the parking lot during the day and then shut that down and open up the club and have everyone come in here. And just a thought, but I mean, we'll sit down and figure it out. But yeah, we'll it, definitely it will be get a big event. Out. What's that? I say, yeah, we'll definitely get that figured yeah, we'll out. Put our heads together and figure out a fun day and a fun evening and uh, all of the all of the ex rowdy cowboy disc jockeys that we've had, like uh, <laughs> Knucklehead and. Uh, you there, there has been a few, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, we lost one of them, Greg Devolis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll get uh, St. John, Ricky in here and. Shooter. Kid and Shooter and uh, and you know who else is going to come? He's, he's saying kid now. He's, I'm just so proud I, of I you. I am so proud of you. He hasn't said boy George in like four years. You know? Well, the show's not over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, so I want you folks out there that are listening or watching, you be the judge. He's wearing a cowboy outfit. He's got a cowboy hat on. His nickname is Kid George, and I'm calling him Kid Cowboy George. Now, doesn't that make sense? He's got a cowboy outfit on. Boy George is kind of a funny thing. Kid Cowboy George. No. His memory's a little sketchy because yeah. it, it was it's just Boy George when he would walk in. It was Cowboy George. Because right away we were Kid joking. George. We are like, he doesn't look anything like that guy from Culture Club. Nothing <laughs> like him. Nothing like him. Uh, <laughs> I forgot where I was. I know we were talking about something. Yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just finish up on my story a little bit. Yeah, since uh, TK, you're a little long-winded. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half the show is over. That's not always the case because typically he's talking more. But when it's something close to my heart and a big part of my life, like the hog's breath and you, then I am a little long-winded. And my it's, goodness, it's more like me cat wrangling. Cat right, wrangling. Cat, cat wrangling. Oh, I know. I've been around you here for a lot of years. <laughs> so. I can uh, get over there and kick you in the ass too. <laughs> But anyway, how I ended up uh, owning uh, the place here by myself, like you were asking, Shane, there was uh, three of us that were involved. Uh, the fourth person couldn't come up with uh, the 2500 so he, then... He didn't have a car to sell. <laughs> he, he, did not, he didn't have anything to sell, really. <laughs> so he couldn't come up with the money, so he was out. But he did work here for an uh, extended period of time. Great. But Who then, didn't work here? But then... Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, who didn't work here? Yeah, that's true. But then there was uh, three of us, uh, myself, uh, Dave Chikowski, and Big Steve. And uh, we operated it for, for a few months. And then Big Steve fell in love uh -oh. with this gorgeous girl. I mean, she was, you know. Steve was a good-looking man. Yeah. and, and he, Big, she half breed. Was, she was just like un <laughs> oh, was. unbelievable. And... Uh, she wanted him to move out to California. Okay. So he wanted us, uh, Dave and I, to buy his portion of the bar out. Okay. So we went ahead and did that. 2500 <laughs> uh, It was a little bit more than okay. that. <laughs> so, so he left with this gorgeous gal. Her name was Brandy. Oh, and I remember that. You remember She's her? a fine girl. Yeah, she What was. a good wife she would be. And uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really blame him. Uh, because she was that beautiful. Looking glass, right? Is that uh, what that one is? Yeah. So then it was just uh, Dave and I that were operating it for, oh, maybe another two or three, maybe four months. And uh, he had uh, some problems going on where he, he was uh, really a ladies' man. I okay. Mean, I mean, 
uh, gals would look at him and and they'd go home with him uh, that day. You know, wow. He, he was he was that. Are good. we still talking about Steve? <laughs> no, no. no. We moved. Sure. We moved on. Uh, so he was a gorgeous-looking guy, and uh, the ladies just went crazy for him. But he had a problem where he would be dating and having affairs with uh, three or four, three or four at the same time. Married women. Oh no, that's not good. And uh, a lot of the local uh, people around town here. So the men would come up here just looking for him, wanted to kick his butt. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, so hot. we'd have to come. Right. We'd have to come up here, or and have to fight all these people because they were looking for <laughs> Dave. Because <laughs> they wanted to beat him up because uh, he was having affairs with uh, their wives. So like, I just want to run my business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it got to a point where it said, "Hey, you know, you know." We loved each other, and we were brothers, but, you know, this just isn't working out. So you either buy me out or I'll buy you out, and we'll just go still be friends and go our separate ways. And because uh, I knew he wasn't going to change, you know, he was, he was just that type of person. Well, he's probably, like, in his prime, right? Oh, yeah. We all were, you know. Yeah, so, right. Uh, so we just decided that I'd buy him out just basically because I was doing all the business aspects of the business. So Yeah, he wasn't uh, going to be able to do it without you. Right. So then I ended up uh, buying his portion of the club out, and then I uh, ended up owning it myself and operated it for about another six or eight months. Well, then uh, Big Steve comes back, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Brandy had dumped him. Oh no! <laughs> Broke his heart, I'm yeah. sure. So he was pretty bummed out, and uh, he wanted to buy back in. And I said, "Hey, you know, we're brothers. I love you, but yeah, you know, it's this is business is business, you know. So I said, you'll have a job here uh, as long as you want it, and you know, I still love you and." And we're still the best friends in the world. Boy, he milked that offer for about 40 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he's still here today. I mean, not today, today, but right now, yeah. right? Yeah, he's not uh, working now just because we're not open late. You know, yeah. he always worked the, the night shifts. But hey, that's a nice he, that's a nice large human being to have here on yeah. on a night shift. He's a great people person too. He is. Uh, he so. is. We we a lot of I mean, you know, Tom, from when our sort of generation of Rowdy Cowboy Show was here that we love him you know so much so that we'd make him part of our act when we would be here he'd have his post up there in the front by the front door where he could be watching people coming in and all that stuff and monitoring the whole club from his sort of perch over there and we used to give him a hard time about watching reruns of murder she wrote yeah and that turned into sort of calling him sleepy steve so it was like everybody just started calling him sleepy steve when they'd come in and you'd, yeah. you'd hear him yelling from the corner over there because he didn't have a microphone He'd be young. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's one in a million. He is. What a great guy. I'm, we. Uh, it's too bad he's not here because I'd love to get him in as a cameo. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, maybe sometime we'll do another one here and have get Big you Steve both in. in. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. That'd be really fun. We're having so much fun with our our guest group as a whole. You know, we sat down and we put together this list of people we wanted to have on the podcast, and we just knew that there'd be so much that we could talk about that we'd have to have everybody back at least a couple times. I think Sleepy Steve would have some amazing stories to tell, too. I, I was going to say his perspective, right, KG, on the the stories that are that are being told right now. 
looking at it from the outside. I want to hear about Brandy. He's going to tell us about Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember I, I can still see that picture in my mind right out here on Demont Street. Uh, we were closing up at night, and I don't know, they had a kind of a fight, and Brandy's walking down the street, and Steve's running after her like this. Brandy! Brandy! <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. He goes, he goes under the street light, and I could just see him, his picture of him uh, all <laughs> the way down. Just giving us more ammunition. <laughs> so, it's one of those things you'll never forget, you know. And needless to say, you. we've all given Steve a lot of grief over the year, over the years, and uh, now we have more stuff to give grief about. <laughs> so, Tom, when you uh, obviously there's a lot of popularity with the club you're doing stuff that nobody's doing like you said before the trendsetter in the region which is fantastic um it sounds like from there you guys aside from the fact that he worked for you kind of worked for you or whatever you formed this personal relationship where you started hunting together and all that how did that come about where you guys became buddies aside from just sort of like boss cohort or boss worker well we always had uh, a lot of fun together and it wouldn't uh, some of it sober yeah <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't end you know we'd have fun here Not much <laughs> but but it was also the after parties after work because that that was the thing to do back then where you know you'd operate the club and you had to close at 1 p.m back then and then everybody went over to somebody's house and partied for the rest of the night the lake there with bonnie Raitt and so and her brother my wife loves Bonnie Ray, and, yeah. and no offense to her because she's a talented artist. I can't listen to her. Oh, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. I just can't do it. You know, as far as Tommy and our relationship goes, you know, I was in the industry for years before he got into it, mm-hmm. and I was uh, doing conceptual design and uh, helping club owners get on their feet. So I had a, a fair amount of knowledge. So he never treated me like an employee because we were always bouncing ideas off of each other and. I think we always just had this mutual respect, and he never bossed me around or anything like that. So we were. You missed your chance. Yeah. <laughs> we were just really good friends. I mean, we just it's too late now. Yeah. <laughs> nope. But I don't know. I can remember the the year that I came back, '79. I don't remember the exact, but the, the Pirates. You know, I was playing in the Pirates facility down yeah. in uh, Bradenton, Florida. And they were in the World Series that year. Okay. I remember seeing them, watching them on TV here at the Hogsborough. Guy, one of your bouncers, Schmitty, was happier than heck because Baltimore had won three games in a row. Okay. And I came down and I said, well, Baltimore's not going to win. He said, what do you know? He says, what do you know about baseball? And how would you, why would you even make that statement? He didn't know what he was walking into I there. I walked out to my car and I grabbed a couple photos. One of them was... Myself and Chuck Tanner, who was the skipper of the year that year, went to the World Series. I said, well, I played a little baseball with that team this year. He's looking at the pitcher, and he looked up at the TV, and Chuck Tanner was on the TV. <laughs> He's like, what? And anyway, Pittsburgh won that game and won the next three games, and they won the World Series. Wow. <laughs> so I garnered a little respect from that. You should have had a little cash on that prediction. <laughs> uh, but yeah we just spend a lot of time together uh not only working but 
having fun out of work, just doing different things, and especially our hunting trips yep. up to northwestern Minnesota. Uh, and it was kind of uh, Tom's idea because I kind of grew up there, so it wasn't really anything special to me. Yeah. I would go out in the woods and hunt every day as a, as a little kid. With a knife. <laughs> and a slingshot. <laughs> he'd, he'd hit him with his car and then <laughs> throw him in the trunk. Uh, but and then, then they'd come alive. Sorry, that's another story. Ron White's got a whole, you, guys, you, know, you know Ron yeah. White, yeah. comedian? He's got a whole skit that he does or piece of his act where he talks about his um, cousin, I think it is, that talks about how crazy he is about hunting and the, putting all this like scent blocker on and the camo and the face paint and hiding in the woods and all that stuff. And he goes, I just hit one with my van doing 55 with my head headlights on bright and the horn blowing Woo, that's an elusive little creature <laughs> i'm like it, it's not that it's not that easy but maybe uh could we get a picture of of this up on the screen yep definitely give it to my lovely assistant lynn but uh just a little background on this picture uh the hunting area up there uh well the the big buck the iron buck that was uh, shot by in 1991 by Paul Pappy Wolf, which is a great friend of our everyone. Yeah, God rest his soul. Yes, and uh, that was the biggest deer shot in the entire U.S. in 1991. Wow, it was uh, a typical, and it scored 188. Jeez. This one. There's the picture. There we go on the white tail. Uh, and you got to realize, yeah. Paul or Pappy is six foot four. And he's not pushing that deer forward to get a bigger shot or make the horns look bigger. I think only fishermen do that, right, KG? Stick the fish out like that. <laughs> deer hunters, too. Make it look bigger? You need fish hands, yeah. <laughs> the iron buck, though, is just a fun... <laughs> we shot a lot of really nice deer up over the years. Yeah, and a little uh, background on that iron buck. Or you guys probably talked about it. Uh, we did with, with Dave, Dave Miller, Miller yeah. okay. A little bit, but go ahead. But, uh, yeah, that... People had hunted that uh, same uh, buck for over five years. Wow. And many good hunters had taken a lot of shots at that buck. And for some reason, they just couldn't put it down. And that's how it got the name, the Iron Buck. And uh, Paul Wolf was a great hunter. And uh, came across him that morning. In 1991, and he was fortunate to Open, put him down. Morning. Yeah, he, he, we heard the story about how he tried to hide it with his jacket or whatever it was. Right. So tell us about this picture now, because we've got that this next, up on the screen. This next picture, this is when we first started hunting up there, and there was about, you know, everybody wanted to go up there, and there was about 10 or 12 of us would end up going up there for just the weekend, and uh, the season up there was only two days. The season opened up on Saturday morning at sunrise and closed wow. at Sunday at sunset. Wow. So this is a picture of the deer we got in those two days uh, that we were up there hunting one year. For and those of uh, you that are wondering why they look like they're standing up. Well, I was going to say rigor mortis or what's going yeah, on? Yeah, we had them hanging from the hooves. And, you know, when we cut the first one down after it kind of hit the ground, it kind of flopped up on its legs like that. And so we just kind of lined them all up 
for a photo, it's not that we're trying to be funny or disrespect the animals. You know, it just they just they froze like that, and so that's how we just lined them up to get a good shot. Well, all of them except that little doinker in the middle there are really nice bucks. A lot of really nice deer in there. Yeah. The iron buck's not even in that picture. So that's kind of how uh, we started going up there hunting, and it just has continued now for oh, almost like 40 years that we've been going up there on a yearly basis. Yeah, I guess if I were to think about it, I think we started going up there in 79. Yeah, we did. 79, and this is uh, 01, so about 42 years, actually. Wow. But That's 42 years of so much fun. You know what? We're going to talk all about that and some of the uh, fun stories that both of you have from those trips and other trips. But we got to take a little break. Okay. You know, as I said, we got to keep the lights on. But, Tom, you're writing the checks around here, so we don't got to keep these lights on. But we do have sponsors that we have to credit. So we're going to take a little break, gentlemen, let you uh, empty your bladders and refill your glasses. And uh, we will be right back with Boots and Backstraps. All right. All right. Boots and Backstraps is proudly brought to you by Homes by Shane. Making your move with the Homes by Shane team means an unparalleled customer service experience. That level of service is the foundation of this REMAX results referral-based business. Our driven team of experts communicate with their clients every step of the way, ensuring a memorable experience from the first conversation through your closing day. Go to homesbyshane.com for more information. Let's get you home. If you would like to sponsor the Boots and Backstraps podcast or you have an interest in joining our team, send us an email to bootsandbackstrapspodcast at gmail.com. All right, well, we're on break. Feel free to listen to this song by one of our guests, R.J. Graff. Turn it up, turn it up. 
This next one is by the Farmer's Daughters.
We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Boots and Backstraps. Thanks for the uh, little intermission there. You know, you got to make your bladder gladder. You're sitting up here having cocktails. <laughs> Poured perfectly by the Hog's Breath staff, I'll have you know. They know how to make drinks around here. Great to be back. <laughs> so, uh, on the. I had to go to oh, my I, I like those glasses. Wow. I wear these at all of the shoots because the lights are so bright and I have this eye condition now. And we call it as Ronnie Millsap oh, look. Ronnie yeah. Millsap Do we? Look. I thought we called it. Uh, oh. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Is that what Bernie's. Bernie. Oh, we, we get, get it at Bernie's. Bernie's. That's yeah. right. It's, it's almost. They're almost as nice as your boots. T D with a zinger. It's yeah. the first time I didn't wear boots because I knew boots were not going to be in the shot. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that is true. So on the break, gentlemen, we had uh, music videos from former guests, Lady Joe from the Farmer's Daughters and R.J. Graff um, had those videos in the break so that folks could see those again, what uh, great guests they were. But today we've got Tom DeRay, the owner, proprietor, master of everything here at the Hog's Breath in Little Canada. High-end bingo caller. High-end. Yes, master of ceremonies. And, uh, again, it's uh, great to be here and Thanks for coming in here with uh, your program here. It, it's a great setup, and uh, again, the world famous Tomcat is here, and world yourself, famous. Shane, and all the production staff, uh, and everyone out there watching. It's uh, it's great uh, to have you tuning in here at the Hog's Breath. Well, the historic Hog's Breath, I would say. You know, we've talked about this a hundred times over the years. You know, clubs of this nature typically have a shelf life of about two years, and Tom has been so diligent. I mean, when we're not deer hunting, and I, he takes maybe another vacation every year, but he's here every day, every morning he's here. Uh, I think he finally takes a couple of days off now, but for the <laughs> no, he doesn't. part of 35 years, for up to about 35 years, I think he, uh, he's been here every morning very diligent uh, one of the best operators you'll ever meet and i can speak to that because i get in this area a fair amount and it seems like every time i drive past here tom the place next door has got a different name yeah that's true it, yes they they have changed just this past couple of years and uh we've been fortunate uh to be able to to stay here and and operate it and uh you know i contribute a lot to the great staff that we have here. Uh, the community is excellent. They've supported us through many different uh, times. Trials uh, and tribulations. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's been some ups and there's been some downs, and uh, you know, the community has stuck by us. And uh, the latest, of course, uh, is the pandemic yeah. that basically crippled everyone. How are you guys handling that as far as? I mean, obviously, when you and I spoke earlier, you mentioned that the couple times it's been shut down. But when you have, when you've been able to reopen, how are you guys handling that to ensure that the clients that come in and your customers are going to be safe and having that same kind of high-end experience? Well, it all started uh, back in uh, March on uh, St. Patrick's Day in uh, 2020, mm -hmm. uh, when we had to close down uh, the pandemic. Uh, everyone was afraid nobody really knew uh, what COVID was and uh, so we had to shut down on St. Patrick's Day uh, unfortunately that was uh, the biggest day of the year for us 
usually on that day we take in oh, approximately $20,000 on that day. And uh, I think, if I recall right, I think we took in $2,000 that day we had to close down. Wow. Uh, it takes a lot to pay the bills on an operation like this. It does. But uh, we survived, and uh, I contribute that a lot to uh, our staff here, our, our general manager, uh, Eric Lara. Uh, he's done a great job. Uh, also our floor managers, Pat and Wave, Wade. Uh, they've all pitched in and really went above and beyond what they had to do. Uh, and we have followed from the very start, we've followed all the CDC guidelines, uh, wearing masks, and uh, we still wear them uh, today, even though 95% uh, of our staff is uh, vaccinated. And uh, we're working on the other 5%. It's a handful of of uh, employees that don't have emails or they don't have a ride and we're working with them to get them a ride to uh, find them a spot where they can get vaccinated but we've always followed all the CDC guidelines uh, all our employees take a temperature uh, before they start work uh, very important with food service especially right right and uh, you know our philosophy here is that we follow the CDC guidelines uh, to uh, whatever they want us to do because that's how we're going to stay in business. And we've had a lot of response from our customers that come in when they, they see that we're following all the guidelines, they feel safe. Yeah. And they'll come back again. And as anyone knows in business, uh, repeat customers are, are what you need uh, to continue. So. We do the six-foot uh, distancing in all our tables, uh, two people sitting up at the bar, and then you have to distance uh, six feet also around the bar. And we've continued that uh, all along. And uh, over the past, I think it's a year and uh, four months, I believe, since the pandemic started, we've had uh, one employee that has contracted covid and uh, that's pretty good odds yeah for and we have probably about 40 total employees mm -hmm. so that, that's a pretty good average and and that happened real early i think it was uh, maybe a month into the pandemic sure and uh again it we got uh, shut down uh and basically unfortunately we had to lay off all the employees. Yep. Well, everybody got shut down. Right. Not yeah, something you guys did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everybody got shut down, all the bars and restaurants and yep. basically all the businesses Yep. Uh, the first time around. And uh, it was very fortunate that uh, the community, we stayed open for pickup, curbside, uh, call-in, and then we had delivery service. And uh, What about shots? Can they get shots to go? <laughs> no, they couldn't at that time. No shots. Darn it. <laughs> and uh, When you say at that time, does that mean shots to go now? Or? <laughs> no, there's still not shots to go. You could put them in the little like, ketchup things with the lid on the top, yeah. like a jello shot. Could do that. What size they, shot? Because Hog's Breath is really good at giving a hearty shot. 
within right. guidelines, obviously. We, we don't want to talk about overpouring now, do we? <laughs> that's not what I said. That's not what I said. Did you they see, just, they you see just his know. blood pressure go up a little? Oh, no, like, no, 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 no. Check my books again. <laughs> no, no. Like, Safety yeah, first. Right. But right. They take yeah. care of us. How about that? So uh, when we were shut down, we had great support from the community around here on, on people coming in, ordering, takeout. And uh, we just had a couple of people in the kitchen. Uh, my wife and I uh, ran the front of the house. Jossie, she's famous as well. Right. And uh, just a little story about that I'll throw in there. We actually met here at the hog's breath really back in i think it was 1978 and uh she came up and asked me to dance one night and did uh, she know that you own the bar yes she did okay actually her her father uh let her know that there were three young good-looking guys <laughs> ah. that just opened a discotheque down on rice street so uh <laughs> Uh, I think she came up here looking <laughs> for she someone. Know. She, she had her. She knows she was getting into it. Yeah, she had her fishing yeah. pole in hand. Yeah, came in here, threw her best bait out on the dance floor, and there you were. So we went out and danced, started dating, and we dated for about seven years, and ended up getting married. And uh, seven years, Tom. Well, yeah, it took me a long time to figure out what I needed to do. I'll tell you. Uh, and, and Tommy doesn't do anything fast, yeah. as, as you know. I do know. <laughs> I, I was going to let that one go, but since you brought it up, I think there's still a light up here that's burned out from 10 years ago. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to say, in, in today's day and age, it seems like the women are putting the heat on after about six months. Why aren't you proposing yet? Yeah. You know, seven years. <laughs> oh, there, there was some heat we on. Got, <laughs> listen, we got, a, we got a, a timer, all right? So we got to go. Your easy-bake oven? When we're ready to go. It's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> My batteries are running out. <laughs> uh, so we uh, dated for about seven years, ended up getting married, uh, have two uh, beautiful daughters, uh, yep. three grandchildren, and wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, we've been married for 37 years now. Yeah, congratulations. Been married 37. 37 years. Right. He's got you guys beat just you by were a little. For seven years prior to that. Right, right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a long time. It's a lifetime, just like two thirds of your life, it seems like, right? It is a lifetime, but it's been great. No, no math, Shane. I no math. Sorry. I can't help it. I wouldn't uh, trade it for the world. She's a, I, I will tell you. Those people that, I was going to say, for people that don't know Jossie, and Tom, you can back me up here, she's a little spitfire. Uh, she's been called a little spitfire. She's all of 5 nothing. <laughs> little barracuda. And will take anybody to the ground and end them. <laughs> <laughs> well, her, her nickname around here was Sarge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We have no, we have another Sarge in the house right? over here. All right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, you do have two beautiful, beautiful daughters, and it's been fun watching them grow up, and then getting married and having one, the one Grand daughter kids? having a couple of children of her own, and and you've got another wedding coming up soon. When is that? Uh, that's uh, my uh, second daughter, uh, Alex. Uh, she's going to get married in uh, February. Next February. Right. And uh, they're doing a destination wedding in uh, the Bahamas. Destination wedding. Everybody order more shots. Yeah. Tom needs the revenue. Shots? Yeah. He needs revenue. Well, Lynn and I got uh, married on a destination. Uh, we went to St. Thomas on a cruise and got married on St. Thomas Island. And I got to tell you, I would recommend that to anybody. 
It is not all of the concerns and hassles of the flowers and the cake and the clothing. You got it's a beach and that's all you need. Oh, man. And how long have you guys been married? Uh, we've been married 20, uh, 29 years, going on 30. When's 30? Uh-oh, uh-oh. She's asking you when your when's anniversary When's your anniversary? <laughs> oh, January. Good. <laughs> hey, credit where credit's due. <laughs> Remember the month. 29? 26. 26. That's so hey, close. That's, so yeah. close. So uh, are we doing a destination um, celebration? Well, we did a destination celebration for our 25th. We went. Can I go? On a, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm, everyone's gonna <laughs> I'm getting. She's trying to get to that. <laughs> when we do our 30, I think we're going to do another cruise. We did a cruise for our 25th, and that was just a ball. Yeah, oh, and Lynn was man. just saying you guys met here also. Oh, yeah. I did not meet my wife here. I'm sorry to say. Uh, you did propose I, for your, I, to I your wife here, though. Uh, no. Yes, you did. That was a tav. Oh, shit, you're you right. Oh, shoot, you're right. I think you can say shit. Oh. I think we, we decided that the only word you can't use on the podcast is the F word. Oh, shit, you're right. There right. we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will, I'll say, Tom, uh, my wife and I just had this conversation recently, not necessarily about your pain directly, but related to your pain about weddings and daughters. Because we've got one daughter and three boys, and I was like, whew, we got off easy yeah. there. You got two daughters. Yeah. <laughs> so but fun, they were a lot of fun. So you just start paying for the first wedding, you got another one coming around. <laughs> one of them was more, in a, more of a handful than the other, and I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, know, I think I think I know that's exactly a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've met I've met them both. I think I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, she talked about a Spitfire. My goodness. Wow. Well, I, you know what I want to do is I want to. We spent a bunch of time talking about the history of Hog's Breath and how you guys met, and obviously the amazing things that have happened in this room, including both of you meeting your future wives. Um, but I'd like to hear more about you boys. A couple of good old boys, a couple of rednecks, hunting up north together. I would love to hear some of your around-the-campfire beer-drinking stories. Um, do we have four hours? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're bringing them back, so let's just see if we can't get a couple uh, in here one today. One of my funnest memories was him and Big Steve. I mean, we were young. I mean, we were in our 20s, and we were up there just raising cane. And <laughs> holy moly, you're out having more than we should. They roll, you know, you got to get up at like 4 or 4.30 to go out at that time of year to go out and hunt. Yes. They, yep. they came rolling in at 4. Before first light. And they just, and they're so, they didn't even change clothes. They just grabbed their guns and went out back of the house where we were staying <laughs> and proceeded to, both of them, fall into the creek. Trying to jump over it, so they kind of want coming back to the house and taking a nap and, and changing their clothes. And, uh, do you remember this one, Tom? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I still do. <laughs> but I don't know. You, yeah, there, you, you there, throw a story. There, there was there was a lot of good old times up there. It, it's hard to figure out which one might be the best or not. Uh, Is there but, anything that Tom? was sort of like famous for when you take these trips what did he always do that maybe was funny among the rest of the crew which time well, yeah. this this yeah. this time uh, I, I don't know excuse that, me we that, can't that, talk about that that might be x-rated <laughs> <laughs> yeah. usually i'm the only yeah. one that gets to throw blows uh, below the belt over here but now yeah. i got you and you know way better than i do yeah. That, uh, I was that's on, one uh, of those things where what happens up north stays up uh, north. The Vegas thing. <laughs> but I have to tell you on my own behalf, yeah. you know, Tommy and Dave and 
wheels and whoever was with us, you know, they had pretty much had normal jobs. Tommy yeah. was a hard-working club owner, but me, I was, you know, doing the Rowdy Cowboy Show and the dance clubs. I mean, at one time I was doing a rock and roll night, a country night, a da- dance night, a funk night. You know, I was doing all these, an oldies night, you know, and I was in a party all the time. So when I went up north, I wanted to hunt. Yeah. I wanted to sleep. I would certainly have a little fun. Yeah. I wanted to get some sleep, and yep. I actually was very serious about hunting. And not so much these guys. They wanted to go up there, and I get it, but I was didn't get really get it at the time. I said, can't you guys just, can't we just go and hunt? And we're going to have to get all crazy. And Well... I did. I took it seriously, and I didn't party as hard as he did. Well, <laughs> no. Wait a minute. I, I don't didn't know. party as hard as Big Steve did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was, uh, I, you know, like I, like I said, I lived this lifestyle of uh, having fun and being in a crowd, and I wanted to get up there and enjoy the solitude and the wildlife. And, uh, you know, we came back with deer, I mean, every year. I mean, there's, I can't ever remember not shooting a nice or a decent buck uh, up there on that weekend. Thank you. Got to make sure the logo's facing you, sir. All right. It's facing away. That's why he couldn't hear you. Oh, I didn't know I was, I was off the mic. Anyway, we always came home uh, recent years. Maybe uh, I can remember like maybe only one or two years where you didn't shoot a nice deer. And I think that was a little bit of bad luck. But we've always come home with our venison. Well, what we did is, uh, in our later years, we uh, put some restrictions on some shooting where right. okay. we didn't shoot anything less than a 10-pointer. Okay. So You get rid of, away from the, if it's brown, it's down? Right, right. Big Steve didn't. He, yeah, he didn't hear that rule. Yeah. <laughs> Itchy trigger finger. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, you know, there was a time or two that uh, we didn't end up shooting anything just because we were waiting for at least a 10-pointer. We, right. start, we started to preserve uh, the deer population up there and, and grow the bucks as, as big as they, we could. Yeah, yeah. we try and let the small deer grow up, but, you know, we were only up there for one weekend out of the year, and the, the locals up there knew we were gone, and so that didn't always pan out the way we hoped it Oh, would. you get some poachers on your land? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I got a quick question about Steve. Uh, so we, you guys have all these fun stories about Steve, and I, we, we wish he was here. Uh, but uh, do you think he knows how to work the internet well enough to be watching this live right now, or is no somebody way. gonna have to show him? No way. No, he. Uh, we'll have to show him later. Yeah. He's a dinosaur. He's, yeah. <laughs> More of a dinosaur than I am. Well, I was gonna compliment you, TD, because he was talking about going on these trips and getting away from the nightlife and then getting up and everybody wanting to be part of the nightlife and you us dragging you in here to do this in your bar and i can't i don't know if you work saturdays normally but i was like it's awesome that you agreed to come back in today and do this with us no i do work on saturdays that is as one of my main days that i open up here and then i stick through bingo uh that has uh, become really uh big for the whole bar and restaurant industry yeah and whoever thought that everybody would be playing bar bingo and not only older people but a lot of young people are playing bar bingo my snapchat is full of people playing bar bingo at different places so so we have a a session that starts at uh, 3 p.m on saturdays 
and uh, I'm the MC through the session. And then we have a, a you night. You make some comedy in there? Uh, a little keep, bit. A little keep bit. it going? Yeah. Yeah, I have some fun on the mic. Good. Yeah. But, and then like we have. Me. I was saying, he learned a few things yeah, all those years. Like me, he stumbles over big words once in a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> that old 69 still gets him. Ah, <laughs> I'll never get old. <laughs> but uh, then we have a, a 8 p.m. session on Saturdays, and that's our Cosmic Bingo. Co- okay, what is Cosmic Bingo? Cosmic Bingo is where uh, you bring in some black lights, and you put them up throughout the bar, and uh, we have a, a disc jockey, DJ Bob, plays music in between the bingo games, and it's more of a fast pace uh turn the lights down, uh, kind of a nighttime uh, bingo game. Kind of like uh, cosmic bowling. Right. And it attracts a lot of the younger people. I was going to say, do you see a different crowd with the two different sessions? Yes, yes. It's more of the older people that come uh, to my session. The more experienced experienced people? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, more of the younger uh, people come to the cosmic session, which uh, Eric, our general manager, handles that. And uh, he's actually the bingo caller. And uh, we have to have uh, reservations uh, for the, both of the sessions. And then we also have a session on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. So uh, our reservation book is like booked up now for like two or three weeks. Wow. On, on people that want to get in here and play bar bingo and uh okay so let's get this out right away because this is going live right now on the internet where do they have to go to get in line well they call up here and they can either be put on a waiting list uh where if we have some cancellations we'll call them back sure uh but i think our our 3 p.m session is full today and then our 8 p.m cosmic bingo uh i think there's a, a waiting list of about uh, 10 people on that wow uh, with four or five or six people in each group and tonight uh, especially we're going to feature uh, all of uh, Prince's music okay so awesome. it, it's it's kind of a each week we'll uh, feature uh, some entertainer that is well known and uh, this week it is uh, Prince so we're going to do a tribute to him and a lot of his music and so people a lot of high energy music there are are really really excited about that oh that's fantastic so what's the you said they call up here what's the phone number to the bar uh 651-484-7067 Seven zero six seven four eight four seven zero six seven. yes okay so if you're interested in bingo and cosmic or the standard version of bingo you want to call up here and get your name on the list it sounds like it's a great time. It is. And, uh, Do you run any drink or uh, food specials? Also, our Tuesday session uh, is at 6 p.m. Okay. And that's every Tuesday. Uh, same number, same phone number, 651-484-7067. Okay. And, uh, Are there any food or drink specials that you guys run for that stuff? Yeah. Uh, we always have uh, $2 off any of appetizers, and we right. have happy hour drink prices. You guys have a really nice app menu, by the way. I was looking at it earlier today, and you've added some stuff since the last time I worked here. Yeah, we just redid the food menu. Uh, Actually, my wife, uh, Jossie, was instrumental in in doing uh, the whole new food menu. A lot of new items. We took some off, but it's a a pretty large 
menu, as you can tell. Yes. And uh, uh, an item uh, for just about anybody who wants any type of food, we have it on, on our menu. And, you know, you've got good food. You know, restaurants, sports bars, they just should all be fortunate enough, as you have been, because your food has always been consistent and it's always been good and you've always had a wonderful food crowd here, whether it be lunch or early evening, and that's not easy to do. I mean, I'm so happy to hear that you're doing these big numbers with the bingo crowd because it's just good to hear anything good happening in the clubs these days with the COVID thing happening. So the fact that you're uh, kicking butt during those hours is uh, just wonderful to hear. Right, and it's it's just been a, an adjustment uh, because we have to close at 11 right. p.m. at night and we used to be open till 2 a.m. So we have to make up somewhere for uh, the loss of business that we yep. had uh, from uh, 11 to 2. Which used to be the bulk of the business. Right. We used to have on, on every Friday and Saturday there would be uh, oh at least 500 people that would come through the door on each one of those nights. Wow. Yep. And that was from 11.30 to 2. And you got to figure they're each having at least one or two drinks. So it's a big, right. that's yep. a big, I mean, a thousand drinks in a night, that's that's a lot. Yeah, very important. Unless that, it was Monday night, then they were having more. Looks like Wade yeah. just walked in, speaking of Wade. Yeah. Hard to miss him. He's like nine feet tall. <laughs> Six, eight and a half. Hey, you still use the half after high school? <laughs> yeah. You got to let that go, don't you? Uh, but. No. I was like, turn your mic on. Sorry, sorry. I'm yelling about being short. That's our first time doing live. YOLO. Yeah, this is fun, too. It is fun. Actually, I was thinking we should maybe do this once a month. Oh. It's fine with me. Okay. I bet it is. I'm certainly thinking that when we do the... uh, Will you wear boots next time? I will. (laughs) When we do the Rowdy Cowboy (laughs) Show... uh, Reunion. Reunion. Yes. We'll have to do a live podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have your commitment, right? Yes. All right. Yes, yes, indeed. Can't back out now. It's on camera. It's on the interweb. That means it happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. That whole thing, Pixar, didn't happen. We don't have Pixar. We got video. We do have video. And we're very excited because the reunion is going to be amazing. And we have a lot of people it's that are It's 40 years. Like, I think it's 40 years last year, so we're celebrating it this year. Oh, yeah. Lord. 40. I'm 40. only 30. <laughs> So what happened to the negative 10 years I had? Do either of the Toms remember 30? Do you remember that? Oh. Being 30? You were 30 at one point. Oh, yeah. 30 was a good year. Any advice? <laughs> I still think of 30. Like Scott? Yeah. yeah, I'll give you some advice. Go ahead. Stay healthy. Working on it. Stay healthy and uh, take care of your eyes. At, you know, getting to our age, man, we're blessed that we have such good health. Shane's like, not I. Really, really healthy. <laughs> All right. Ooh. Uh, well, this is an A and B conversation. I'm going to see myself out. <laughs> TD, do you got any advice for uh, 30 going on? Well, you're more? only you're you're only as uh, old as you feel, so or as young as you feel. So, uh, like I said, uh, I'm up there in age, but not quite as old as Tomcat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna tell him you said that. But I don't feel like it. You two know, years. Uh, too funny. Too uh, too funny. I feel like I'm still in my 40s. Right on. I do too. But you know, I think I think what really helps me out is being in this business and being around young, active people. Yeah. And uh, you know, I want to 
be like them and keep up with them. Yeah. So it, you're on a podcast. <laughs> it, it, Being hip. It, it keeps it keeps me going, wearing my boots again. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yes. The saucy red tip boots. Yeah. I love it. Those are awesome. Boots. They are awesome. They are awesome. So okay, so because I have three gentlemen um, that are all married. Marriage advice. Wait, are you talking about us? Yeah. If you said gentlemen, I just want to make sure. Oh, yeah, I use that loosely. <laughs> I use that loosely. <laughs> all right. All right. It's a high bar to live sorry, up to. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> Marriage advice. What have you learned? What do you say to the young bucks? Because I feel like, you know, we come we come from a hookup society, right? Sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, lock it down. But we then, wouldn't know anything about that. No, no, absolutely not. You guys are. I was never called hookup. No, 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 no. You guys are obviously well, well dedicated. I'll take the, the reins on that one. Go I ahead. can introduce you to my beautiful bride, and I can tell you that. Oh, she's the best. Where is she? I don't know yes. how you got her. You just must you know, be lucky. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> you, did get, you did get very lucky. I did get lucky, yeah. but you know yes. what we've had in common? First of all, she's the most patient person in the world. You hear that. You know, if either, and you, Tommy, are a very, very patient individual. Um, very I think much patience so. is very important. You know. He employed all let of the us. Other he had that patience. Super patience. Let the other person do what they want to do and uh, promote them and encourage them. But our our uh, our rock in our marriage is our Christianity, our belief in God, and uh, we belong to a wonderful church. And uh, we read the Bible and we do Bible studies uh, t- together and apart. And that's our foundation. And I encourage anybody that's listening or watching you're planning on getting married include the lord in your life man it's the glue that holds us together mm-hmm. and separate bathrooms aren't a bad idea <laughs> separate, separate bathrooms, bathrooms. <laughs> very yeah. important the first time that i i'm sure you've been to their place yeah. the first time i heard that from me was like no use my bathroom i was like what what yeah. <laughs> oh yeah okay i get it it makes sense now oh yeah how about you tommy duray well i think i think you you have to find the right person, and when you do find that person, you'll know it. And you just have to be true to that person, and uh, you have to share things together, and uh, you know, build a family, and and from there, grandkids, and it it just keeps you together, and uh, it, it just keeps you on the upside of life, and just try and stay as young as you can for as long as you can. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. good advice. Absolutely. And Shane, how about you and your wife? How uh, how do you guys stay together and stay coordinated? Shane's wife. <laughs> oh no, we this, know. This doesn't surprise anyone, actually. Oh no, no, no. no. Separate bathrooms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very separate. For bathrooms, a very right? different reason than their separate bathrooms, I'll have you know. <laughs> I mean, it, both of our toilets used to be white. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it, actually it's very simple. That when I get asked for marital advice, my go-to is. What's hers is hers, and what's yours is also hers. <laughs> no, on a serious note, I would say uh, make sure that your wife is your best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you, your marriage is not a business relationship, although it feels that way sometimes, where you have a household to run and you got kids to manage and you got bills to pay and all that kind of stuff. It can get to where it feels routine, but if you treat your marriage like a friendship and a best friendship at that, in the same way that KG and I have. That's how we've survived our ups and downs and how my wife and I have survived our, our ups and downs is remembering that at the end of the day, we are best friends. We have trust in each other. We confide in each other. We pray together. Like that's, that's what it's all about is keeping both sides of that 
relationship. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> no crying in the booth. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you. Who would have thought we'd be uh, sitting here, the three of us, giving marriage advice? <laughs> you know, advice can come in many forms, what to do and what not to do, right? Right, yeah. right. Oh, we got plenty of what not to do. That's that's another day. That's, yeah, that's another a whole day. other episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. get two hours on that one. <laughs> For I just sure. want to say, uh, you know, thanks, Tom, for having us here because, you know, this is a lot of uh, what you don't see is all the setup behind the cameras and there's a lot going on. So, Tom, thank you so much for hosting us and and having us and, and letting us move in temporarily into well, your space. Well, thank you. You've done an awesome job here setting up all this equipment and, and operating it and putting on a top quality show. It's amazing. And uh, I'm glad to to be a part of it our hair our hair and makeup person did a great job for you tom hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're losing I, we have a picture of tommy and i in the dj booth from way back when when we had long hair and it wasn't quite so gray and and i forgot to bring that picture but we'll get it up yeah. in another event another show absolutely. <laughs> absolutely danny we're gonna have to get a camera on you and a mic for you we, you have a mic we'll have to get a camera to switch on you when you're talking to so the folks know as long as it's in the budget i'm in <laughs> that was directed at me i think <laughs> you know, but, we, but Tama, we are looking for sponsors you know and people who want to jump on and be a part of this you know and our biggest thing is you know how, how are we connecting with our community like hogs breath and like tom and uh you know also building up our country and our hunting community and that's yeah. big that's big but and i love this kind of ep- episode especially because we have somebody in tom that has so much experience with both, with both the music community, but country music more specifically, but also being an avid hunter your whole life. I mean, like our first guest, Ryan Pilgrim, you probably popped out of the womb and got handed a rifle. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's cool to have you come in and be able to share some of your experience that way. I'm still trying to remember some of the stories, and a lot of them are going through my mind. But So the acreage, you guys, you said there's a couple hundred acres up north. Well, we, we still farm uh, about 2,500 acres up there. You're, this uh, is your brother, I think, right? Right, my brother and my nephew. Oh, uh, wow. Still do the farming. Are they, there. They're planting, though. They're not milking? Right, right. Right, we've, right. We've got rid of that part <laughs> of the farm. Well, I think that's where your diligence is. Otherwise, you know, I know some other guys that are very successful in life. Oscar Carlson was going to be on one of our podcasts, famous sheep hunter. Um, he grew up on a dairy farm. You grew up on a dairy farm. And everyone I know that grew up on a dairy farm has been very successful. They learned that work ethic you know one of, one of my uh, one of my good friends is still a dairy farmer in a different state wow and he's always like i got a better day than you i'm like how's that and he goes i wake up in the morning i go to bed at night both of them i get to squeeze a teat <laughs> i can't argue with yeah. that what do you what do you do <laughs> yeah so i think uh i think that's part of where your patience and your work ethic comes from is growing up on a dairy farm for sure right you know when I came down to the cities here and, and started doing this business, it, it's, it's easy. It's, it's like nothing to it compared to what I had to do up there. Right. And it's, you know, the hours might be the same, but uh, the work is, is so much better, so much easier, because basically you're, you're talking to people and, and uh, you know, it's, it's just a lot more enjoyable. And, and the time... Right. It's been 47 years, or 40-some years, I should say, but it doesn't feel like that yeah. amount of time. It's, it's been 
Did they're, you do four and four or five and five? Four and four. Four and four. But a little bit about your sponsor is, is Jack Daniels a sponsor? They're they're not. I know Tom oh, okay. keeps alluding to that in the episodes. It's well, I think they will be. Yeah, our um, you know, this, it's a new podcast. Obviously, you're our eleventh mm-hmm. episode, and so in order for us to go after a major corporate sponsorship like that, you got to have some proof of concept. The sort of I mean, you understand with business, sure, sure, yeah. they want to see that you're doing things correctly and that you've got legitimacy to to the product that you have. And that there's some benefit to them in being able to market or advertise their product on your show in this case. Sure. So we, I, I sponsor it with my real estate brand right now because I think the all this is being paid be a future sponsor. All this is being paid for by me. <laughs> um, but uh, you know we're attracting other sponsors. We've been getting some emails from some folks interested. So because I was just going to say that our our clientele loves Jack Daniels and maybe yeah. uh-huh. uh, you can show them this podcast and they might be able. But we used to go through. Before the pandemic, uh, two cases a week of, of Jack Daniels here at the Hogs Breath. Oh, I was going to say, when KG and I were here, it must have been at least that. <laughs> and uh, now it's slimmed down a little bit, but we, we still go through hey, I'm a, doing my part. A, about a case a week. So it's We keep a bottle of single barrel on the desk between us uh, when we're doing our typical podcast from the studio. Right, yeah, I, I've watched those. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, boys, as much fun as this has been and as many other questions I have about you two and your sordid history. You know, next time we have Tommy on the show, and we're going to definitely have him back, yeah. maybe with Big Steve, maybe by the... i got to write. I got to go remember some of the things that we did and write them down on, on our notepad. notepad and, uh, you call Lynn your notepad now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lenny is my notepad. She's she my is. memory bank. She's the brains of the operation. Yeah, that's absolutely oh, for sure. true. Yeah. Brains and beauty, she's got it all. years of doing the WeFest, she uh, was the stage producer, mm-hmm. handling all of that. And maybe sometime I'll, I'll get down to the WeFest if you start uh, emceeing that again. Ha! <laughs> uh, that's still up in the air. Uh, might be back this year. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he hired uh, Min, uh, not Min, Kelly, Kelly Pickler. Pickler. Kelly Pickler had the shoe, uh, had the song Red High Heel Shoes. Yep. And uh, she's going to emcee the WeFest this year. I may go up and help her. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. we got to bring this thing in for a landing, boys. It's been a lot of fun. And, uh, again, thanks to you, Tom. Seriously, very grateful that you opened up your house to us here. Yes. To let us come in and do this. I know it's uh, certainly a mild interruption in the business and, you know, your clientele and us taking up a bunch of space like this. But we appreciate your generosity in having us. So, Well, uh I appreciate uh, you coming in here uh, and uh, with the world famous Tomcat and yourself, Shane, and <laughs> the production. He likes doing the, that. <laughs> the production was great and all the work that was done. So super. it's Hogs Breath on Facebook, right? right. And what's the website? Uh, Hogs Breath, H O G G S B R E A T H dot com. All right, hogsbreath.com. And, and they then, do have a new logo, it's an H and a B. In case you're looking for it. Yeah, that logo did change for those folks that look you up on Facebook just so they don't get confused. It is, in fact, you still. And we take right. them on our page. So if, you, if you're looking for them, they're on our page. And if my memory serves me, it's 651-484-7067. That is correct. All right. Wow. Well, we had Good. a great lunch before we started. And 
Math. It's a math brain thing. I know. Yeah. You wacko. It's a cool. It's a cool I, it is. It's weird. <laughs> I, know it's weird. <laughs> I know it's weird. I know it's weird. And Lynn and I have to shoot off to uh, my godson's wedding. I'm going to go show some houses in my camel. If you turn your if head to the right you. and you can see the Unreal logo, that's my godson, Michael Jordan. And he's getting married today. And we're going to talk him at a sponsorship. Number 23. Yeah, oh, we'll Ron have Michael him Jordan. on as a guest as well. He's just the coolest young man. He's, he's unreal. He's got like six NHL teams now. And yeah, he's doing all well. pro teams. And he's, he's doing a great job. Doing, doing great. Well, folks, don't forget to check us out on all the different platforms, video and audio, including Spotify, Facebook, YouTube. Now, we're live on Facebook today, but this episode will be uploaded both an audio and video platform to all of those places. So definitely check us out. Do us a favor and like, share, and comment. If you're not already subscribed on those platforms with us, please do that as well. You can send questions and or comments or snide remarks over to, over to Boots and Backstraps Podcast at gmail.com. We'll check those out. And uh, even air a few questions, which we've done in the past, on episodes. So special thanks to our team today, and special thanks to Lynn for stepping in and being awesome for us. TK. You opened the floodgates on that one, the sarcastic remarks. (laughs) Holy cow. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. I'd like to leave you with a thought. Whether you're belting out your favorite country song or pursuing your favorite game animal, I encourage you to use that same enthusiasm to pursue the Lord. He'll teach you to shoot straight. Thanks for watching today. Thanks, everyone out there. We appreciate you tuning in. Come on now. Thank you. Honey's on, looking for backstraps. Way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps.